Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Elvin Taylor. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. The next hour is devoted to learning something more, not just about the world of shoes and ships and sealing wax, but again, about how, what, and why we believe as we do. A time for the open-minded and a time for those willing to question what they think they know or what they may believe, those willing to be uncertain for an hour. Now, that's our perfect listener. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is indeed Provocative Enlightenment. All right, my partner Ravinder is here in the studio with me. So, Ravinder, I want you to say hello to everybody. I want you to share your wealth of exuberant wisdom and tell our audience how they can learn more about our show. I think you're positioning me a little bit there, wealth of exuberant wisdom. Uh, actually, being wise, that was always the biggest wish I had in life. You know, Pete, you have these things where you, you know, if a genie came along and I had three wishes and blah, 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 and all of that stuff. To me, it was always to be wise. So I'm working on it. But maybe if I've learned anything at all, being wise means being aware that you don't know very much. Because that way you can be open to learning more. So there's my tip for you today. Be aware that you can learn more, that you don't know as much as you think you do. And all is good. Well, that's excellent. All right. (laughs) In this week's spotlight, I want to discuss bullying. But not the schoolyard bullying we generally think of when the subject of bullying comes up. No, instead I want to address the idea that there is a great deal of bullying going on in our society today over ideas. We live at a time when potential tragedy seems to lurk everywhere, and this fear only heightens our sense of arousal, our readiness for fight or flight. 2020, for many people, has simply become a nightmare year, and the nightmare does not appear to have a quick end in sight. Will all this COVID trauma rioting, killer hornets, political strife, and so forth, we have what my mother used to call a short fuse. That is, the heightened sense of arousal has many people ready to go off. Emotional explosions are therefore becoming more and more common. Webster defines bullying this way, to seek to harm, intimidate, or coerce. We see bullying statistics on the rise. More than one in five adults report being bullied. Today, adult bullying has become a real problem. It takes place in the workplace, on the roadways, in public gatherings, on Facebook and other social networking sites, in families, indeed, almost everywhere. Not long ago, I watched an episode of Orville, a space sci-fi television series. The crew of Orville visited a planet similar to a 21st century version of Earth. This planet's government was a pure democracy. There were no codified laws, per se. Instead, everyone wore an interactive badge that had likes and dislikes displayed and networked into one global computer. Now, if someone did something, anything, 
that displeased a large number of fellow citizens, they began to accumulate dislikes. When the dislikes reached a given number, they were put on trial for their action. If their apologies did not seem sincere enough, or others found the action to be just too ignoble, the mob ruled. The remedy was correction. The guilty party was essentially lobotomized. When I watched this episode, I thought of what goes on in our world today. I have seen social media light up with dislikes directed at shaming someone for offering an opinion that others disagreed with. Now, I'm not talking about two people arguing. I'm talking about offering opinion, another way of looking at something. I have seen so-called spiritual people post statements that while positioned as though they were coming from some lofty place on high and possessing some ethical omnibenevolence, nevertheless was actually hateful of anyone who might disagree with their self-appointed omniscience. Most people find bullying unacceptable. That said, it seems many can ignore their this kind of bullying or that sort of bullying that goes on when we happen to share the opinion of the bully. Indeed, as with the Orville show, many are inclined to pile on and we end up with a sort of mob rule. Free speech is a fundamental of our society and yet there are more and more people today who insist on suffocating the expression of another that may disagree with them. Communication is no longer a proposition of exchanging ideas and information in this sort of an environment. Instead, it's all about, I'm right, and you're wrong, and you'll pay for this transgression. I would encourage everyone to think again when it comes to joining the mob. You may disagree with someone, but that does not give you the right or the privilege to become the intimidator, the bully. Those are my thoughts. What are yours, Ravinder? You know, I think uh, you've hit a really important topic right now. This stuff does go on a heck of a lot. And, uh, you know, there is the idea that the opinion I hold is correct. It is perfect. I'm such a wonderful person. And if you disagree with me, you must be a bad, evil person. So I'm going to unfriend you. And it's like, well, how can you ever get communication? How can you ever get beyond that? And when everyone piles on with that attitude, um, it's disastrous. I, th I think it's the type of thing we all should pay attention to, especially when a person is expressing a view that is different to yours. I think that's the time you want to hear more. You want to listen more. You want to find out why they think the way they do, because what you'll find out is you actually have things in common. You just have um, different solutions to exactly the same thing. And then perhaps we can find solutions that suit everybody but there is definitely a great deal of online bullying going on and mob rule and yeah i think it's i think it's dreadful all right every week i read some of your letters as our way of involving you while paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful our last show featured cynthia sue larson and we discussed her work and book reality shifts 
Dorothy wrote, lovely discussion. Jeremy wrote, kind of hard to swallow the ideas that keys disappear as a matter of some quantum action, but then mine disappear a lot. <laughs> Moving on, Tona wrote, I truly appreciate the materials you have made available to the public. They truly are a blessing to those that seek internal methods, solutions to address manifested experiences. And Tamia wrote, in a million years, I can never thank you enough for what InterTalk has done for me. I've spent 57 years, my whole life, not even thinking I had a right to exist and treating myself accordingly. I was so out of touch with myself. I didn't know what I felt or what I wanted, only that I was hopeless and unhappy. That is changing slowly but surely. Only after eight weeks, I am already starting to believe in my value and I'm determined that I can and will make a difference. Thank you, oh, thank you. Well, to me, we all deserve respect, and thank you for your letter, your email. Okay, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but please keep them coming. We sincerely appreciate your feedback. You can opine by sending me an email at Eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at eldentaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook at Dr. Eldon Taylor. Now to today's show, Bully Proofing You with author Jeannie Sisko-Meth. So let me tell you a little about today's guest. She's a two-time best-selling author, professional speaker, educator, and parent, which is relevant, as you'll find out <laughs> during the interview. Jeannie Sisko-Meth shares her scientifically proven system for improving communication and decreasing conflict in her new book, Bully Proofing You. She has written many magazine articles, been quoted in Forbes, and was a contributor for The Blaze. She has been a guest on radio stations across the country. She has appeared on television for ABC4, Free Speech TV, and others. So on that, let's get her in here. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Jeannie Sisko-Meth. Thank you, Eldon. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's indeed our pleasure, and I'm very much looking forward to, to this show. As bullying is, you know, it, it, the data may say one in five, but I would tend to say that if you look at the way everybody interfaces today, the guy that cuts you off in traffic or flips you off, uh, the Facebook, the social networking, the et cetera and so forth, I, I would venture that it's got to be three or four and five, but we'll get to all that. We like to know three things on this show, Jeannie. Who is a guest? What is the message? And how do we use it? To that end, tell us how you became involved in this bullying stuff. So when I was younger, I was told by my teachers and quite a few people that I was too stupid. I would never make it through school. And I had so many learning disabilities. And I I decided that they didn't decide my fate. I decided my fate. And I struggled all through school. And in high school, I had a teacher who just really, he was my basketball coach and my health teacher. And he really inspired me and lifted me up and just said, 
you you can do whatever you want as long as you hold that thought in your mind. He started teaching me that thoughts are things. And I made it through school and I decided I want to be a school teacher. I want to help people. And so I I was able to be become a high school teacher and I taught at an alternative high for quite a few years. And I developed a program, Bully Proofing You, to help people shake off those labels that others have stuck on them. And I absolutely love what I do. I, I just love, love teaching and helping people. Well, I love your approach to it. Your book is marvelous. Everybody should get it and read it, especially every parent. They should share it with their, you know, with their children, for that matter. You heard the spotlight today, Jeannie. Uh, what have I got wrong? Well, I don't believe you have anything wrong. I absolutely agree with you in that everybody has... You know, we get so caught up in that social media of likes and dislikes and, and who likes me, who doesn't. And we start, I call it pretzelizing ourselves to try and please everybody and in the process get lost. And we allow other people to, to define who we are instead of us deciding who we are. You know, it would have been very easy for when a teacher told me, oh, you're too stupid, you'll never make it, for me to say, oh, yeah, you're right, and just be shut down and stopped there. And luckily, I had parents who said, no, you decide, you you do this, you, and, and right now there are so many voices clamoring to define us that our voice can get lost. Amen. Okay, I, I, I want to get to your book. And, and the questions for your book. But, you know, bullies often have their own followers or an entourage that goads them on and rewards the bully for their bullying, you know. Um, yeah. Do you think our society is beginning to divide up in ways that more and more of us are becoming a bully's entourage or a part of it, whether we recognize that or not? I would abs I absolutely agree that we are becoming more and more polarized. And I believe that because of social media, it is so easy to forget that the that there's a person receiving that message. And we are so full of hate, so full of hurt, really, you know, hurt people hurt people. And we have so much pain flying around that I hurt and so I lash out at you and I hurt you and then you lash out at somebody else. And then we, we hitch our bandwagon to somebody who is lashing out at a bunch of people and then we think, ah, oh, this is going to give me a big voice because I'm with them. And it's absolutely, there's so much so much going on and I want to offer your listeners a free audio download to help them with the 10 things to avoid getting caught up in that bullying please and I'd, do I'd tell them how they can get that yeah send me an email genie at genie Cisco meth there's no hyphen and it is spelled just like computer accessories and drugs <laughs> <laughs> I am the only Cisco meth on the internet I don't think there's a lot of people that can say that but luckily I am so please okay that's genie at that. Cisco meth okay All yeah, right. genie at genie Cisco meth.com good uh, bullying according to some statistics now has become epidemic question i mean is covid involved in this or what i mean because this data was yeah. published before covid um, in fact the education corner informs us that 90 percent of students in grade four through eight are reporting they've been bullied brand new data now you're an educator 
Why the increase despite all of the no-tolerance policies? Because whatever I focus on gets worse. And so as I focus on bullying, I increase bullying because I learn by models. And I, when I was only exclusively in schools, I would let teachers know this is totally different. We focus on personal value and confidence because if I, if I decide who I am and I declare who I am, then when someone else sticks that label on me that doesn't match, I can peel it off. But in the old, you know, many, many bullying presentations, they go in and they show what bullies are. They show, they talk about bullies. You know, they show video of people being bullied and in the process increase the amount of people being bullied because whatever I focus on increases. And so I invite people to focus on their personal value and their self-esteem, their love, gratitude, what's going right in their life, and then they get more of that. That makes sense. You know, cyberbullying has been in the news with uh, repeated stories of how some young people have even taken their lives over ridicule and embarrassment. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been the result of or the target of cyberbullying. Uh, do you think this problem will increase during our present isolation routines where people tend to spend more time on the Internet? Absolutely. Because because people are losing themselves and they don't have that positive. I shouldn't say they don't. And most likely they don't have that positive influence around them. They're not hanging out with their friends every day that think they're great, you know, or enjoying the company of people that lift them up. And so they get on internet on the internet and they start reading those things. You know, I, I get um, comments sometimes too. I'll have 50 positive comments about what a great you know, great thing with my book or whatever. And then I'll have that one negative. And it's so easy to focus on that negative and keep reading it over and over and over again. And whatever I focus on gets bigger. And so if I keep focusing on that one negative, instead of shutting it down, the best thing that parents can do is ask the question, what do you believe? When a child comes to them and says, Sally said such and such about me. Well, what do you believe? And that helps them go back and go, oh, yeah, what do I believe? My decision matters more than Susie's comment. You know, this is a follow-up. Do you think there's really any difference between cyberbullying, as it's been branded, and some of the nastiness that goes on in social media? No, I think it's the same. I think it's exactly the same. I do, too. Totally. Okay. Now, look, um, right now, because of COVID, uh, child abuse is up. Spousal abuse is up. Domestic violence is up. Uh, We're seeing some horrific numbers come out of, you know, cities that are tight, like Chicago, shootings and killings. Um, You know, I mean... They just they just are not America for most of us. We're looking at that saying, holy cow, what what's really going on? I, and, and I think it's this, you know, we have been subtracted from society. And so the demands of society for social conformity and our opportunity to express ourselves, they're being ripped apart. 
how do you see this this hyper sense of uh, of uh, arousal? How do you see it diminishing if they if they open the schools back up this fall and students go back, or do you? I I'm not sure if they're going to open the schools or not. I absolutely see more and more aggravation and the decrease in emotional management. If you think of a cup and I pour water in it, eventually that cup is going to overflow. It's the same thing with our emotions. Right now, I am spending extra time taking care of my mind because of the things that are flying at me all of the time. Just like the statistics that you were talking about, they're horrendous. You can get on on news and see riots and protests and deaths and I mean, it's horrendous. And so I'm spending extra time managing my emotions so that I don't dump them out on somebody else and cause them to have more issues. And, And I would love to add, you know, again, Get that free audio on how to manage those emotions more appropriately. And one special way is to, to I do what I call a download reload, where when I get triggered or I'm upset or I'm angry, I walk. I go out of my house and I go for a walk and I throw my little tenter, temper tantrum. You know, I get it all out and then I take four deep breaths and I turn around and all the way back home, I talk about gratitude what I'm grateful for because in this huge shift of of everything with COVID there's also been some incredible positives that have come out of it as well and so I choose to focus on those our media tends to focus of course on on the negative and we we are what uh, evolutionary creatures out of the savannah psychologists tell us the negative has the power over us that it does because well, back in those days in the savannah, a danger, a negative. If we ignored that, well, maybe we were somebody, some animal's lunch. So a positive we could we could ignore, but a negative we had to pay very close attention to because it was a threat, a potential danger. So with all this media hype rolling at us, um, what is the best way? I mean, should we just turn the TV off? Should we just stop paying attention to all these numbers and all this negative? What is what is your antidote suggestion? So I got rid of traditional TV in our home in 2007 when I realized there was so much negativity and it was impacting my children. They were constantly afraid. We were constantly afraid. And I started learning about how thoughts are things and whatever I focus on gets bigger. And so there is, you'll still hear the news. I know people all the time like, but Jeannie, I got to know what's going on. Yeah. And you will hear it. You cannot get away from it. And so once an hour, I'm sorry, one for one hour every day, I shut everything off and dive into the things that are positive and uplifting for me. 
gratitude for my children and their health, gratitude for my home, gratitude for the fact that my body is, is strong. Whatever it is, you there is something right now in your life that you can be grateful for. There's also something in your life right now that you can be sad about and upset and angry about. The question is, is which one are you choosing to focus on? And I invite you to set aside specific times during the day where you focus on the positive and the uplifting. No kidding. I totally agree. And I, I particularly like how your book is organized with worksheets uh, that facilitate some of uh, your recommendations and so forth. So I want to turn to it now, but we've got a break coming up. So what I'm going to do is we're going to go to break. And when we get back, I'm going to ask you, you know, how do bullies stop us? Let's just look at the mechanics of what bullying is and why it has its psychological or, in some instances, physical power over us. We're speaking with Jeannie Siskel-Meth about her work and book, Bully Proofing You, Improving Confidence and Personal Value from the Inside Out. You can learn more about our guest by visiting her website at Bully Proofing You Book. Now, that's one word, bullyproofingyoubook.com. Okay, do please stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. Change has never been easier. Whether you wish to lose weight, stop smoking, build better relationships, become creative, enjoy ultra prosperity, or simply relax and promote self-healing, InnerTalk has been repeatedly demonstrated effective in the most rigorous of scientific studies. Our customers love InnerTalk. Sean wrote, I have struggled with bulimia for over 30 years and have never been able to lose weight without restoring to it until I used InnerTalk. Vicki wrote, My hubby has been using the Stop Snoring CD and already his dangerous and raucous snoring levels have stopped. Celeste wrote, I recently graduated from Taft Law School with honors. I'm writing to tell you how much your InnerTalk CD, Excel in Exams, has helped me. With over 300 titles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Check it out today by going to innertalk.com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're chatting with Jeannie Siskel-Meth about her work and book, Bully Proofing You. You can learn more about our guest by visiting her website at bullyproofingyoubook, as one word, bullyproofingyoubook.com. All right, every week we ask our guests for their favorite music, music that has some true significance to them. And by now you all know that music psychology is a special interest of mine, for it's a field of research with practical relevance in many areas. So, Jeannie... Your chosen music, Finish What He Started by Mercy Me. Tell us, please, why is this music important to you? And more importantly, how does it inform us about who you are? It is 
we all have a desire inside of our heart. There's something that we want. That desire has been placed in you, I believe, because of your talents and your gifts. And we allow bullies to stop us. And when I hold on to God and I I keep focused on Him, He helps me finish what He started with my desire. And my, my name is Jeannie, and I like to give three wishes. I like to help people. I truly believe that everybody can live the life of their dreams. They just need to tame that bully, stop that bully, prevent that bully from stopping them. And remember that there absolutely is help. There's help in fellow man around them. There's help in so many areas. Let's let's flesh that out a little more if we can, Jeannie. Um, your book makes it clear that there's really two kinds of bullies. You can bully yourself just as much as someone outside you can bully you. So maybe, maybe as in your case, the suggestion is made that you're not going to be smart enough. Um, I think most of us get that. I certainly got it. Um, and, you know, I had to prove otherwise. So I went through high school and college. Well, I went through high school 4-0, but when I hit college, I did get 1-B. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, the guy was a trickster, but that's a whole other story, all right? Anyway, <laughs> we work hard, some of us, to compensate for these messages that we're never going to be tough enough or never going to be smart enough or never going to be old enough, you know, that, you know and we all get them. Uh, but, you know, for many people, they take them aboard. And when they take them aboard, then they begin to bully themselves with their own self-talk. They begin to doubt themselves. They begin to... Um, you know, say to themselves things, even when they're, even when they say, sure, I'll, I'll do my best. They walk away thinking it's never good enough. I don't know why I told them that I'd do this. I should never have agreed to this, et cetera, and so forth. You know the whole story. You deal with it. You're, you're there helping disadvantaged young people overcome this. Which of these two bullies are the worst? The external or the internal? The internal bully. Because the internal bully is always with us. If we don't stop that internal bully, it is always there nagging at us, stopping us, holding us back. It is the reason people do the things that they do in a diabolical way. That internal bully can lead to suicide. And so it must be silenced. It must be tamed. I believe many times the external bully has the effect because it just validates what our internal bully is already saying. And it's it's a decision that we make and then action that we take. We decide that we're valuable and therefore we live into that or we decide that we're expendable and we lead lead into that as well. It's, I, I know it sounds simple when I say it's just a decision. It's simple and it's significant. So, so what you're saying, if I understand you, Jeannie, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, is that 
the way a bully stops us, and that was a question promised before uh, the break, is we say, okay, we allow it. We say, good for you. I'll take that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Eleanor Roosevelt said that nobody can make us feel inferior without our permission. We have got to stop giving other people permission to drive us down, to hold us down, to make us feel bad. That does not mean that you can go out and commit violence against someone else. That's not what it is saying. What it is saying is that you decide what you feel and think about yourself. And when someone else tells you something different, you don't allow that label to stick. You reject it. It doesn't mean you need to yell at them. It doesn't mean you need to get in their face. It doesn't mean you need to attack. All you need to say is, thank you for your opinion. Mine is different. You don't even have to say the mine is different. All you have to do is say, thank you for your opinion. And then inside your mind, you say, mine is different. I believe in me. I know that I can do whatever it is I choose to do. And so I take another step and I take another step. You know, I grew up in an era where physical bullying was common. And, uh, you know, there was this whole idea of no tolerance uh, just simply didn't exist. Um, indeed, you know, if if two young people uh, had a grievance against one another, uh, it was a fisticuffs meet after after class and teachers knew about it and did nothing about it. Uh, it was common for people to get shoved around in the halls. Um, some of that still goes on today. Uh, how, how, what is your approach toward the physical side of bullying? If it has become physical, it's no longer bullying, it's assault. And it needs to be addressed as such. So many people have accepted that label of, oh, you got to toughen up. Or, you know, oh, you're a wimp. And so they look at it as bullying. It's not. It's assault. If somebody puts their hands on you in an inappropriate way, that's assault and abuse. And it needs to be addressed as such. So... The attitude today is, you know, it's a criminal behavior. Uh, what we would have called, maybe when I was in high school, what we would have called bullying today is referred to as a criminal behavior, an assault. Yes, absolutely. Or hazing. That... I was in the military. You know, there are things that went on in the military that no longer go on. Absolutely. So by reframing that entire uh, form of behavior, uh, are you seeing that it's stigmatized sufficiently that, you know, students are backing away from physical uh, assaults, bullying? So when I was a teacher, I taught at an alternative school, which means we had a lot of gang members at our school because they had been removed from mainstream high school. And I was constantly, you know, on the lookout, so to speak, for that gang war that would happen in my classroom. And it never, it never happened, thank goodness. And 
However, there are signs that show that it could progress to that. And as I became educated and started realizing, okay, we're starting to escalate here through looks or comments or whatever, I knew we were headed that way and I was able to head it off. I was able to intervene. The same is true in bullying. Bullying does not start at the physical altercation. It starts way before that with looks, with gestures, with comments, and, 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 and a verbal attack before it ever goes physical. And so as you learn those signs and you can pay attention to them, you can negate it before it ever happens. Bruce Lee used to be quoted as before walking in, in anywhere, he wouldn't, he never got in a fight because he knew what was going on. He could pay attention and he would say, whoa, not going in there, wrong bar. He would leave. And so as you become aware of those signs and signals, you don't need to worry about it anymore because you stop it before it even gets there. Even if it means exit the premises. Correct. Uh, yeah. You're training teachers right now, my understanding. Are they getting enough training as to how to deal with bullying to be able to interdict before it becomes a problem? In my opinion, no. There are many schools that I will contact and the first words out of their mouth are, we don't have a bullying problem. I'm like, you have kids. Of course you do. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that people, they d especially school officials, don't want to acknowledge that they have a problem because then they have to do something about it. And they're not sure what to do. And I know what to do. <laughs> Call me. I can help you. <laughs> you know, anyone that's – I raised two boys. And, uh, you know, there there's five years difference between my two sons. And I watched the older one bully the younger one in the most covert of ways, very often, um, by withholding his his approval or by, well, I'll do this for you, but only if you do these things. Or, you know, you're not smart enough to understand why this is important for you, too. Isn't that also a form of bullying? Yeah, anytime you try to intimidate or coerce somebody, it can be labeled as bullying. And in fact, the years ago, this whole thing started when I was a teacher standing at my door. And in the same day, I had two students bullied and two, well, I, I didn't know exactly what it was. I had a student walking down the hall. I like to stand at my door and welcome in a man. And he was coming down the hall and a student said something to him and I, I thought it was pretty benign, but when he got to my classroom, he was really upset. And so I spent some time talking to him and I'm like, you know, and, and explaining and, and helping him uh, deal with what had happened. Then a little bit later, I think it was actually the very next class, another student was coming into my classroom. Another student said something to him that was, in my opinion, horrendous. And he comes into my classroom and he's not even affected. I'm like, hey, buddy, you okay? He's like, oh, that guy's an idiot. And that sparked in me an idea. 
what was the difference between student one and student two? Why was student one devastated by a seemingly harmless comment and student two wasn't even affected by a horrendous comment? And I started realizing I did a ton of research, started reading, started surveying my students, and I found that the difference was the decision that they had made about who they were inside, their own personal value. That's the foundation upon which everything else is built. Okay. And, and I want to get to that because that's, the, that's a really important construct to flesh out how, what we do with what you've learned and how we can improve that. But before, tell me, how do you help someone else who's being bullied? I mean, someone is being bullied at a distance and... And I mean, by telling them what? Well, you need to ignore that. You know, just have more self-esteem. I mean, where will you start doing that? I start with what do you believe? That's the very first question I ask. Anytime I'm mentoring someone or, or working with this with a family or a business, because bullying happens in businesses too, what do you believe? And then start them to look inside so that they can see what decision they've made. And if it's, well, well, I don't believe what they said. Awesome. I'm glad you don't believe what they said. List all the reasons why you don't believe what they said. And if they have a good list, I know that it's not a problem. But if they can't list things to me that say why they don't believe what that person said and all they can do is focus on that person's mean, that person's an idiot, that person's, you know, why are they attacking me? What did I do? If they start questioning their worth, then I know we need to work more on that. And the way that is built, the way I build my personal value is I first of all start taking care of myself. I take those few minutes a day and say, hey, you know what? Jeannie's pretty cool. Jeannie learned a lot of things today. You know, look at what I've learned. Look at what I've applied. Look at how I've helped people. Nobody can help someone without helping themselves. So it comes down to, you know, whether or not we feel we deserve um, better or we deserve to feel whatever it was that we were bullied with. I mean, so how do you, how do you train someone to overcome their internal bully? It starts with what do you want? You know, people treat us how we want to be treated. We, how we train them to treat us. People treat us how we train them to treat us. And so if I'm bullying myself, I have to stop bullying myself first before I can ever ask somebody outside of me to stop. And so if I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. So if I, you know, somebody, some, so I had a client who came to me and she was very upset because her husband was, was talking about her fat. You know, she, he called me fat today. And I asked her, how many times did you call yourself fat before he ever did? And she said, what? And I said, you trained him to call you fat by calling yourself fat first. And I, I mean, that, that's kind of in your face, right? But as she started looking at that, she said, you're absolutely right. I've been calling myself fat for years. And I said, then why would you think he would call you something different? You wore him down until he believes what you believe. It's time for a new story. What's your new story? I love myself. 
I'm beautiful. You know, I'm strong. Yeah. It, it occurs to me that a lot of bullying today goes on in codependent relationships where, uh, for example, um, I don't want to fight with you. I, I, I don't. I don't want to argue. Uh, I just, I just want my cousin, you know, my cozy little corner. I want I want to feel safe and secure. Um, I, you know, I just don't want to make any waves. And the other party makes the demands that um, place you in that situation where you capitulate. Absolutely. And you see that. So if, if I'm hurting, especially right now, you know, you were talking about that in, in some of your commentary earlier about, you know, the abuse is up and all of these things that are up because people have been quarantined or, you know, whatever word you want to use, house arrest, whatever it is you want to say, they've been locked away from other people. And so they wind up you know, in situations they hurt, they're afraid, they're scared. And so they just want to curl up and, and hide so that they can try and protect themselves. They don't realize that the protection needs to come in their mind first before it will ever show up in their external world. Okay. How, do, how does a person, I mean, how do you go about increasing your personal value? To yourself. I mean, so you say, I want to be more valuable, uh, but you're going to have all this chatter that's in the unconscious. That said, yeah, sure. I've heard that before. It's kind of <laughs> like, you know, uh, I mean, look, I, I have asked audiences. Uh, I want you to say to yourself and, and mean it seriously. I am good. And you see these people kind of, you know, they shake their head. They move it strangely and sometimes grin. How long does it take you to get back? You know, yeah, sure. Good at what? What do you mean by good? Um, because isn't that the inner chatter that goes on in our self-talk when indeed we think of ourselves as being inferior? Uh, so how do you cancel that out? How do you get past that? Have you got a step-by-step -step program for how to increase a person's value, self-value? I absolutely do. And the first step is deciding that you're valuable. The second step is taking action towards that decision. So for example, I clean off, I, I, I look at my night table by my bed and it's a mess. There's books, there's notes, there's trash, whatever all over it. And I make the decision, I am valuable enough to have a clean nightstand. And so I clean off my nightstand, I get rid of the trash, I organize the books, you know, I make it look clean and then I step back and I go, wow, look at that. I did that. I created order because I'm valuable. And I take those little steps every single day. So, and then I keep my nightstand clean. And every time I clean it up or I pick up some trash or I throw it away, I say, I'm doing this because I'm valuable and I'm making a difference. I go for a walk every morning and I take a trash bag with me and I pick up trash and I say to myself, I'm making the world a better place because I just picked up this trash. I'm making the world a better place because I just picked up someone's trash can and righted it because it had tipped over. Or I'm making the world a better place because as I walk down the sidewalk, I smile at people and I say hi. I'm like, hey, how you doing? So I'm a valuable person because I'm adding value. 
I get up and I go to work because I take care of people and I love to learn and I love to teach. I'm a valuable person. Now, the problem is, is so many people have a highway to negative self-talk and a few bent blades of grass on the positive highway. And so you've got to continually walk the path of positivity over and over again. You know, depending on where you are, you may have been being negative for years and years. Now you're bringing up a new habit. I love myself. I like myself. I'm, I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm valuable. You've got to keep walking that path to get it, to get it grooved in just like you did the negative one. Okay. One of, one of your ideas, I think, is a marvelous idea that I want you to expound on. And that's having a planned response to negative input. Flesh that out for us. So when emotion is high, intelligence is low. And so have you ever had somebody say something to you and then like two hours later, you know exactly what to say back? (laughs) That's a perfect example. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. Emotion is high, intelligence is low. And I I could spend hours on that, but basically your limbic brain gets in the way. And so you've got to learn how to calm that emotion down so that you can think. And so as I calm that down and I can think, then I can write out those planned responses that I can use. You can call them one-liners if you want, that I can use when bullying situations happen. And I can memorize them, you know, whatever, so that they're always there so that when my emotion, I can feel that emotion start coming up. I'm like, oh, perfect time for a one-liner. Perfect time for that planned response. And earlier I said... Share a couple of examples of what you're talking about with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody says something to me that hurts me. I feel that emotion start to come up and I say, hey, thanks for your response or thanks for your opinion. That's one of them that I use frequently. So I can also, you know, if I'm at school and somebody comes up and they're bullying me, I'm going to ask them a question. Questions are great. You know, hey, what's for lunch today? Or, you know, what's your favorite class? Or, hey, where's classroom such and such? And so as I ask that question, then they move to thinking instead of just reacting and and bullying. So it depends on if it's an internal or an external bully. Gotcha. All right, Jeannie, we're about out of time. But before we get out of here, I want you to share with everyone how they can learn more about you, where they can get your books, uh, this free audio program that you mentioned earlier. Uh, Please share that with our audience now. Yeah, absolutely. I have a home study course at bullyproofingyoubook.com. You can go go get a copy of that. Um, The free audio that I've made just for your audience – the 10 things to avoid when bullyproofing yourself, you need to send me an email for that because I don't have a landing page. This is this is just for your audience. And that is genie at geniesiscometh.com. And I'll make sure and get that out to you. And that that's free. I just, I want to help. We've got yeah, to do something. I want to thank you for sharing your work with us, Jeannie. Uh, keep it up. We've come to the end of another episode of Provocative Enlightenment. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our show, and we'll join us again next week, same time. 
same place. And do tell your friends, let's have them join us as well. Okay, until next time, wherever you are in the world, remember, believing in yourself always matters. Provocative Enlightenment has been brought to you by Progressive Awareness Research and other sponsors. Provocative Enlightenment is a syndicated show and appears on other networks. For a schedule of showtimes, visit ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, write to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com.